I have to tell you the truth. There is good in this world, and there is evil. There are people with good hearts, good minds, good intentions, and show good fruit in their life. And then there are the others. They're only out to line their pockets. They're only out to make themselves look good, even if it means squishing you like a bug. Even if it means they make me feel like two cents or less. We've been talking about the prophets. And last week, we talked about the true prophets. And thankfully, God has raised up His men to speak in His name, in His stead, to speak the truth. And they were told to spare not. Today, people want the easy way. They don't want the hard things. When I was still in high school, I rub shoulders with them. some people says, well the church we go to, nobody ever talks about sin. Nobody ever talks about our need for repentance. No, we just talk about how heaven is so wonderful. <coughs> and I think we can remember a young man down Shreveport way, every time he preached, he preached on heaven. He was real popular. Somebody called him a good little preacher boy. You want to make a preacher feel mad, call him a good little preacher boy. I, I, I used to hate that when I was coming up. I said, how come a guy can be 30 years old, married with kids, he goes to medical school, they don't call him a doctor boy. He goes to law school, they don't call him a lawyer boy. But he goes to Bible school and he's a preacher boy. They used to really bug me. But as David said in one of the Psalms, I once was young and now I'm not so young. And every once in a while somebody says, you're a young man. And I'll say, I'll be best friend. Please turn again to Numbers chapter 16. Because there are true prophets. Thank God for them. But just because somebody makes the claim doesn't mean they are the real deal. My mother was watching a fellow on the TV and he had a grin, which nothing wrong with having a grin, but what was coming out of his mouth was not the real deal. He was stroking people's egos. He was, as Paul said to Timothy, tickling the ears of the people. And moms are on the couch. Dads are on the couch. And I won't mention the name of this fellow because it seems like they're like mushrooms. They come up every once in a while. My mother turned to me and said, Stephen, your father calls that guy on the TV Mr. Plastic Man. And I said, well, 
Deuteronomy. What? He's a man of God. He used a Bible verse. Yeah. Yeah. I had last time some Mormons talked to me. They said, you know, James 1 5, it says, if any man lack wisdom, will ask what Pastor God. We quote scripture too. Yeah. It suits your needs. But I want you to know that not everything is as it appears. That's why we have the Word. That's why we need to be encouraged to take the Word seriously. Now there are people who might wear a certain decoration on their body, in their jewelry. They might even have a Bible they carry with them. I got my Bible. Great. Do you open it? Do you read it? Do you meditate on it? Now, I don't know how much education Granny Harris had. Did she finish 8th grade? That was probably it. But more often than not, especially in her latter years, she'd just have her Bible out and a piece of paper and she was just copying scriptures off. She wasn't writing a sermon or a Sunday school lesson. Just writing down the scriptures. I remember because we spent some time with them in Colorado. She had she was so much into the scripture that her favorite game show in the morning was Consecration. You've ever watched Consecration? You know? This turns over, this turns over. When you get a match, great. You only can remember that is if you're practicing Consecration. Well, I have the heart to tell her, Granny, it's Concentration. But I think she was wise even beyond what it might appear because she knew how important it was we make the time count let's read again numbers 16 verses 23 through 33 and the lord spake unto moses saying speak unto the congregation saying get you up from about the tabernacle of korah dathan and abiram Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Byram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents, and their wives, and their sons, and their little children. Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works. For I have not done them of mine own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the Lord open her mouth and swallow them up, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. You don't want to provoke the Lord. You really don't. I was with some boys once that provoked a hornet's nest 
They want to see who's the first one who can hit it with a rock. I told my brother, let's keep walking. We got all those back to the car. Hey, we hit it! Oh, no! And the rest, as Paul Harvey would say, was the rest of the story. So, But you'd be better off messing with a mama bear's cubs. You'd be better off doing something else utterly foolish than provoking the Lord. But that's what these men have done. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Three scoundrels. And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them. Doesn't sound like they got a second chance, does it? And they perished from among the congregation. God has special reward for those who have stood in the gap. I have a debt I cannot repay to some of those who stood before me and I heard them break the bread of life. I mentioned sometimes some of the great mentors that I've had. With the exception of our horrible Heath, all of those men who were as fathers to me in the ministry, I couldn't pay enough money to have somebody to invest in my life. To care about the truth. You see, you're your friend will tell you the truth. He'll tell you if you got some green stuff stuck between your teeth. He'll tell you if you're going in the wrong direction. But some people, oh, now we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want to make anybody mad. So rather than tickling the ears of the people, the true prophet is one who delivers the truth. And there was a true prophet. His name was Jeremiah. If you turn to the book that bears his name, chapter 14. <coughs> These kind of scoundrels have been around a long, long, long time. And some of their ilk are still with us today. Now Jeremiah, he was in the decided minority. And I find that many a time when you tell people what you believe, when you tell people what you stand for, when you tell people you have some convictions, more and more time people look, oh yeah, really? Well, there aren't many people that see it like you do, brother. Actually, that's true, but perhaps that is motivated to say, why don't you get with the program? Why don't you forget your funny name? Some of the prophets were considered having funny ways. Troublemakers. Remember Ahab? He looked at the front. Aren't you the ones with troubling Israel? He's bringing things to the forefront. He's a whistleblower. He's a truth teller. You tell the truth to people and they don't want to hear this. It was Paul who told the Galatians, Am I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. I won't mention who, but one of my relatives 
of a female persuasion, but it could just as well be a male, went to a doctor and said, Doctor, what can I do about my weight? The doctor said, you're fat. Don't eat so much. You know, she didn't go to that doctor anymore. She went to another one, and he gave this explanation and that explanation. And she just couldn't find a good doctor. Finally, it was a doctor that said, it's not your fault, it's your glands. A good doctor is telling me what I want to hear. But the doctor that tells you the truth might just be saving your life. If you give a listen. I was uh, sharing with someone not too long ago that those that are holding out a position that they better say. The reason why we have doctors. Look as I said in the 14th of Jeremiah, verses 14 through 16. This is the Lord communicating to this weeping prophet. And I'll tell you what, I read after Jeremiah, I know why he cried his eyes out. He was banging his head against the wall. Why won't they listen? Why won't they take this seriously? Well, we live in a day where everything is just rosy. Let's accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative. We don't need that stuff. And Noah gets out there and says, The Lord is going to flood this place. Hey, listen. I prefer to think it's all going to come out mighty fun. Mighty fun. The Lord sends some rain. That would be a wonderful thing. Maybe when it started, they thought it was wonderful. But when it kept on, and kept on, and kept on, and the fountains of the deep broke up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and what were mountains become islands, and pretty soon, they're underwater. No one told the truth. And he was laughed at a funny old coot for it. It's not just in Noah's day that kind of stuff goes on. Let's read as I said, starting in verse 14. Then the Lord said to me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. This is what God said. And God's telling Jeremiah, I didn't say that. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination. And a thing of naught. There's nothing to it. And the deceit of their hearts. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Now what's the result? Somebody said you want to get the what and then the so what. Well, here's the so what. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name. And I sent them not. Yet they say... Sword and famine shall not be in the land. That's what they say. By sword and famine shall those prophets be consumed. Ouch. This is God's word. I guarantee you, Steve Rains isn't smart enough or bold enough to make this stuff up. This is God's word. Now, what's the fallout? And the people to whom they prophesy, the ones that listen, 
Well, that's what I want to hear. Those are smooth words. That moves down good. I like that. The, the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out of the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword. They shall have none to bury them. Them, their wives, nor their sons, nor their daughters. For I will pour their wickedness upon them. Do you find any gray area here? You either do or you don't. Come judgment, there's not going to be, well, there's group A, the righteous, group B, the, the evil, and then in the middle, you got all those gray area folks. They're not quite good enough for heaven yet, but they're certainly not bad enough to go to hell. That's why people manufacture all kinds of, they would call them explanations. Their lives is what they are. Now Jeremiah faced them. And they were still around generations later when Jesus walked the earth. And he didn't let them go unnoticed, now did he? Look at me please in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. There are an awful lot of people that say, well, oh, I, I really love Jesus. I just want, I got a picture of Jesus. I'm thinking about Jesus. Jesus, he's a cool dude. Jesus, he, he's a friend. There was a song of my youth that said, I've never been a sinner. i never sinned. Uh, but i got a friend in Jesus. And I know when I die, he's going to take me with the spirit in the sky. Wow, yeah. You can say that all day long. It doesn't make it so. That's right. Luke 6, verse 26. Woe unto thee when all men shall speak well of you. Do you have any enemies? Oh, no, I want everybody to like me. Really? Well, Paul said, again, Romans 12. As much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. I think one of the reasons it's put that way to let us know. You won't make everybody happy with you if you serve God. They'll think there's something wrong with you. There's something you have. They'll think that you have the wrong priorities. What? You mean to tell me that such and such is, you call it a sin? At worst, it's a misunderstanding. If God calls it a sin, we call it a sin. Moses had the people to say, listen up and respond. And he would say, cursed is one that does this. And the people were to say, amen. Cursed is one that does this. Amen. They weren't supposed to, well, I don't know. That may be your truth, but it's not my truth. That's not a biblical basis. It's not a question whether you like it. Or I like it. What hath God spoken? If God says such and such is a sin, He knows sin a lot better than we do. We might get kind of schmoozy with sin. We might have some comfortable sins, some things that we don't really think that's quite so bad. Look out. <clears throat> Woe to you when all men shall speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the False prophets. I told somebody, I heard a preacher say such a, 
Well, my preacher would never say anything to hurt anybody's feelings. My preacher would never use the word sin. My preacher would never tell people that there's a terrible place of torment known as hell. He's lying to you. He doesn't love your soul. He just wants to be your good buddy right here, right now. He's got the theology of the bartender that says, yeah, that's the way it is. There's no truth in them. We need to be aware. And the Lord warned about that. In Matthew 24. Again, Jesus talked about scoundrels during his earthly ministry. Matthew 24. Let's uh, for a moment stop off at verse 11. Many not just one or two. It's not just a few. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. He doesn't say only a few, but many. It's a definite thing. They're going to be deceived. We had a preacher friend in California who recorded a message and he identified a well-known popular religious speaker. In his message, preaching to his people, he referred to so-and-so, I won't mention the name, as a false prophet. And one of the members of the church purchased, we didn't get that message out. And back then they had cassette tapes. You ever heard of cassette tapes? Those things they made a long, long time ago. By the way, they're coming back. Everything old is new again. So they took the cassette tape down to the Christian radio station. And they played it. And hundreds of thousands of people heard this even more unpopular after they heard it. Preacher make the declaration that so-and-so, fill in the blanks, is a false prophet. I'm still alive. How dare somebody to say such a thing as that? Well, I may not be bold enough to name names, but I can see the patterns. I can hear the words. I can be aware that there's the whisper of the serpent who would forget something. And we are taken in by his words. Many prophets shall rise false prophets, and shall deceive many. And then in verse 24, he'd already tell them, the time's going to come. Here's Christ over here. Here's your great leader over there. If you are looking for somebody to follow as a religious leader, there's lots of folks. But there's only one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And you don't learn too much about him with a closed Bible. You got one on the coffee table and it's been there so long that you could write, read me in the dust. I've had people write in the back of my car, wash me. Okay, time to wash the old car. But it'd be a shame if 
They did that about my Bible. Take it seriously. You could have food in the pantry. You could have all your cupboards full of food, but uh, if you don't open those cans and cook that food, that's going to do a whole lot of good. Even more important, it's God's Word. Take the Bible says, do you really know what the Bible says? Well, I, I guess I'll read it once in a while. All the time. It's your daily meat. Job said, I esteem thy word more important to me than my necessary meats. You might skip a meal. Won't kill you. But you don't want to skip God's word. If you can't make church, you probably have a Bible at home. You might have it on your computer. You might have it on your electronic devices. There are lots of ways to get the Word of God. And if you can read English, I guarantee if you lose your Bible, I, I'll give you one. I got a few. But they got a whole box of them out there. I help you out on that. Let's go to... I'm sorry, I didn't finish reading this verse. Matthew 24, 24. Where there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders. Are they going to fool the real sheep? I don't think so. Read the rest of the verse. Insomuch if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now God doesn't beep, turn a light bulb on and suddenly you have all knowledge and nobody can get any wool over your eyes. No, we can be fooled. That's why we have a standard to go to. We have a, a set of instructions. In 1 John chapter 4, we're going to come back to this to close, but uh, just look at the first verse. Should you have an open mind? Sure, a teachable spirit. Should you have an open mind, i.e., a hole in your head where you settle for anything and everything? No. Because anybody can say a thing. We had an old deacon in another state, in another century, who loved to say, What do you think about a piece of paper? It'll lay still and write anything you want on it. And there are lots of pieces, pieces of paper out there that have lies or half-truths on them. And there are a lot of folks walking around. They open their mouth and just because it comes out of their mouth doesn't mean it's so. 1 John 4.1 Beloved, believe not every spirit. Are there spirits out there? Oh yeah. So would you like a spiritual hearing? They want to look at their crystal ball. They want to turn the cards over. Let's hear what the spits. Let's use our Ouija board. Saw a commercial where guys trying to figure out what kind of car insurance to get with his Ouija board. Really? Somebody with that little sense of no wonder they're paying such high rates for whatever. But people will, they're suckers for stuff like that. And we can be that way too. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Is this the real deal? Or as we said as kids, phony baloney. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 
prove themselves to be scoundrels. I've alluded to this before, but I want you now to turn to 1 Kings chapter 13. We'll read the whole thing. I wouldn't have a problem with you doing so, just time consideration. But in this chapter, it tells him about, and he's called a man of God. We don't know his name. But God told him, I want this and do it this way. And I want that and do it that way. Do as I say. The way that I say. And he did something. The king was pleased. And the king wanted to reward him. And he says, no, no. God told me, even though you're the king, I can't go that route. Okay, that's the way you'll be. Now it's interesting, the man of God would not sell out even when the king offered to do so. But you know what? Drop down to verse 11 of this 13th chapter of 1 Kings. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel. It's ironic, Bethel means house of God, but this guy, he didn't exactly have it together as he ought to. And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel, words which he had spoken unto the king. Then they told also to their father. So he said, Dad, we met a prophet. And what he, he said, and he did, and God blessed, and the king wanted to reward him. And he was a man with some integrity. He had some backbone. He wouldn't sell out. He wouldn't take a dime or drachma or whatever coin they had. And the old prophet was intrigued by that. Have him come see me. And so he does. He comes, and they have some time together. They came to eat bread. It tells us that later on. And then, when this old prophet said, Tell you what. Let's go do such and such. And the man of God said, well, God said, no. Now, he stood up to the king. But you see, this guy was a prophet. And you know what he told the fellow? I, I know, I know. It, it's good that you, usually you do what God says, but I'm a prophet too. And uh, you can go by me because, after all, we're men of the cloth, you know. You know, some of the crummiest advice I've ever gotten was from preachers. Prove all things. Try the spirits. And so, this old prophet says, yeah, God told me that uh, it'd be okay. In verse 18, he said, I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me. Hey, how can you guess what an angel said? And so, the last part of verse 18, but he lied unto him. So the old prophet lied to the man of God, and the man of God fell for it. So it says in verse 9, he did go back with him. And when he finished, he went just opposite of what the Lord told him to do. And you know what happened? He went that wrong way, 
And uh, he didn't see a mouse. He didn't see a kitty cat. There was a lion. And the lion killed the fellow. The donkey was there. Didn't kill the donkey, but killed this man of God. And the lion just stood and rode. Like, who's going to mess with me? And the sons, they say, uh, what's going on here? And they went back to their father and said, you won't believe what we saw. There was a lion in the room. Did you run away? No. He didn't chase us either. Will he be pretty ferocious? Well, it was a donkey right there. He didn't mess with a donkey. So it was a pretty safe lion. Well, no, he killed that old, that old man of God. Now, I wouldn't want to be in the sandals of that old prophet. But he had enough sense to realize that God had ordained that that lion take out the man of God because he didn't obey God. Look at that verse 26. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. If I do something to please myself or you or anybody else and it's against what God says and God clobbers me, I got it coming. And maybe somebody with some sense will say he got clobbered because he didn't do as the Lord would have him to. Gets our attention, doesn't it? And so this scoundrel who said, it'll be okay, he's the one that prompted him, if you will. It is the man of God which was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion, which hath torn him and slain him according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto him. He should have known better. <coughs> yeah, we'll just leave out the part that you lied and told him. Well, Angel told me, It'd be okay, because after all, we're uh, men of the cloth together. Watch out for these scoundrels. Look at the fruit of their ministries. There have been some, and you hear about them in the news. Boy, they flash in the pan. They're here today, and the next day, they're bankrupt, or they're in prison, or something else. Some scandal comes up. <coughs> Matthew 7 talks about that. I think you're probably familiar with that, but if you want to especially read how he talks about what's in the root comes out in the fruit. Matthew 7, as I said, 15 through 20. I want to close going back to that first John chapter 4. Where you see, we are to try the spirits. We read verse 1. Let's read 2 through 6 to close. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. And by the way, That'll change your eschatology. We think, one of these days, the Antichrist is going to be revealed. Take a look. 
nor antichrists even then in the days of John. I don't think they've stopped coming around. Ye are God, little children, and overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We usually use that to talk about the devil, but there are scoundrels out there who lie through their teeth. They might not even know they're lying. That's why we've got to go to the Word. Even if they don't go to the Word, we need to go to the Word. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. This should be our mantra here, verse 6. We are of God. God speaks. We listen. We obey. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There are true prophets. Thank God for them. There are false prophets. We need to beware them. Those wolves in sheep's clothing. The Lord willing, next week I want to save the best for last. You probably know who I'm thinking about right now. I want to talk about the greatest prophet. Was it Isaiah? Was it Jeremiah? Was it Daniel? Who was it? You probably know. Search the scripture. They call up those things. The Lord willing will talk about that next week. But for now, 